13th day of the spookiest month has arrived, with just 18 days until Monday the 31st. Until then, one can feel the excitement in the air, if in fact one has an excitement detector. Do such things exist? What about ghouls, goblins, or newsletter writers who get to the point? These are not the items within the usual provenance of Charlottesville community engagement, so please stay tuned for items of information intended to be true. I'm your ghost, Sean Tubbs. On today's installment, inflation increases once again in September. Charlottesville will conduct another round of public input meetings on the Climate Action Plan. Planning continues for projects to address congestion and safety issues on 5th Street, as well as other transportation updates. Charlottesville's Planning Commission might possibly have a hearing on a buy-right project on East High Street, but it's unlikely they could vote against it. The city is seeking a consultant for its next strategic plan, and Albemarle County Supervisors will learn more about the next step in their comprehensive plan review next Wednesday. today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement. Camp Albemarle has for 60 years been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and occasional private programs. Located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union, Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a civilian conservation corps project that sought to promote the importance of rural activities. Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every fourth and fifth grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If this campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle could operate year-round. Consider your support by visiting campalbemarleva.org slash donate. The latest official measurements of inflation are in from the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics. The consumer price index rose 0.4% in September after increasing 0.1% in August. Here's a section from the press release. Over the last 12 months, the All Items Index increased 8.2% before seasonal adjustment. The cost of medical care, food, and shelter all increased in September, but the gasoline index declined 4.9%. Over the past 12 months, the energy index rose 19.8%. If you know any economists or skeptics of economists, send them in the direction of the press release from the BLS, which has more information than can fit right here. There's a link to a tweet from a CNN reporter in the newsletter. Last week, the Charlottesville City Council got a briefing on the draft climate action plan, as reported in the October 11, 2022 edition of this newsletter. At the end of a work session last week, councillors indicated they wanted to adopt the plan as soon as possible and make it part of the comprehensive plan. But there's a process that needs to be followed. James Fries is the director of the city's Neighborhood Development Services Department. So that would entail a public hearing, joint public hearing with the council and the, and the planning commission, and then it would come to the council for a vote. However, the city is taking additional comment on the plan through November 9th and have scheduled several public engagement opportunities to learn more. 
First, there's a contact form. There's a link in the newsletter. And if you want to know more about the plan before you fill it out, there are four scheduled office hour periods you can drop in to converse with staff. There are links to those in the newsletter. Two of them are virtual. Two of them are in-person at CitySpace. Information in the newsletter. An exact date for the public hearing on adopting the climate action plan into the comprehensive plan is not quite yet known. Today's newsletter and podcast is a little different, as the main source for the next several sections comes from the very beginning of the October 11th, 2022 meeting of the Charlottesville Planning Commission. There are a lot of other meetings for me to go back and review, including the second part of the September 27th, 2022 Council and Planning Commission work session on the zoning rewrite. It's coming, as is so much more. But it's also important to review, as soon as possible, the beginning of a Charlottesville Planning Commission meeting for all kinds of updates. For those interested in infrastructure planning, not all meetings are open to the public. The Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee is made up of staff and appointed officials from Albemarle County, Charlottesville, and the University of Virginia. They gather once a month behind closed doors to talk about issues of regional interest. This is in the spirit of a 1986 document called the Three-Party Agreement. Go take a look at that. At the most recent meeting of what likely goes by the name Loops, on September 16th, city traffic engineer Brennan Duncan gave an update on the city's planning for projects to address safety issues on 5th Street, a four-lane divided highway that runs between downtown and Harris Road. The city did not submit an application for funding this year through the Virginia Department of Transportation's smart scale process that's part of a deal to boost the city's project management capabilities. The delay also gives more time for the right project to be selected. Three other projects are funded in the area, and the goal is to coordinate all of them to improve conditions. Here's City Planning Commissioner and LUPEC member Hosea Mitchell. Uh, in that area, there have been 95 crashes since uh, 2017 and 2022. Four people have died in those crashes, and six people have been hurt pretty badly. Mitchell said potential solutions include roundabouts, guardrails, a road diet, bike lane enhancements, and photo speed monitoring to enforce the 40 mile per hour speed limit. We are waiting for some direction and input from council as to, you know, which of these, uh, uh, which or if any or all of these um, uh, fixes we're going to embrace. Another reason for the delay is the need for staff to work on the planning for such projects. NDS Director James Fries announced elsewhere in the meeting that a new transportation planner will start work on November 1st. Commissioner Mitchell also relayed information about the Rio Road corridor study, as well as the planned improvements at Hydraulic Road and US-29. There are no recordings of the September 16th meeting of the Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee, nor will there ever be such a recording because it is a closed meeting. But there are some slides from a presentation from Albemarle County Planning Manager Kevin McDermott that are available in a link in the newsletter. Albemarle County has a smart-scale project funded further to the south to build a roundabout at the intersection of 5th Street Extended and Old Lynchburg Road. The TJPDC, the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission, has a smart-scale funded project for improvements in Albemarle County's portion of 5th Street. Before we leave this section, Planning Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg also serves as the chair of the Citizens' Transportation Advisory Committee. 
On Tuesday, he told the rest of the planning commission about one major initiative that is about to get underway. We are just beginning uh, the planning for the 2050 Long Range Transportation Plan, uh, which is uh, the high-level plan uh, that uh, all of the projects uh, that we'll eventually uh, submit to SmartScale and build uh, will come out of. Um, it'll be a roughly two-year process, uh, with lots of community engagement, lots of stakeholder groups, etc. Interested to learn more about this? A good place to start is the current long-range transportation plan, which was adopted in 2019. The Federal Highway Administration requires the document as a condition of federal funding. You can take a look at the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Committee's website if you want to see that, and if you're really interested, there's also the 2014 plan. The 2009 plan was called UNJAM. I don't think we're going to get a cool acronym this time. The Abamar Board of Supervisors also got an update on the long-range transportation plan at their October 5th meeting. Here's Supervisor Ann Malik, a member of the Metropolitan Planning Organization. That's the organization that actually will adopt the long-range transportation plan. And I would encourage people to listen out for participation opportunities to provide your input on that long-range plan, because our local projects to be yet funded with state and federal dollars do have to be on that plan. And while it is um, sort of a bureaucratic process, it is incredibly important. In other transportation news, earlier this month, the Charlottesville City Council granted air rights over Emmett Street to the University of Virginia for a new pedestrian bridge that will connect Newcomb Hall Plaza with the new Contemplative Commons Center. This will replace a span that is not compliant with the Americans with Disabilities Act. Here's Bill Palmer, the GIS planner for the UVA Office of the Architect. Long overdue to have, you know, an ADA compliant and bike, bikeable route that, that traverses that. The University of Virginia is currently working on an update of its master plan. This new pedestrian bridge is called for in the 2019 Landscape Framework Plan. Here's a section from page 150 of the plan put together by Michael Ferguson, Landscape Architects. With this new bridge, Newcomb Road South may have more pedestrian traffic as a connector to places in West Grounds, such as the Dell, the Curry School of Education, and the future Contemplative Sciences Center. For all of UVA's planning documents, visit the Office of the Architects website. A quick break, and then back to more hodgepodge about planning. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement and in today's second subscriber-supported public service announcement. Want to learn how to reduce food waste by growing your own food and learning how to preserve it? The Piedmont Master Gardeners are teaming up with the Virginia Cooperative Extension to offer a class on Saturday, October 15th at 2 p.m. at Trinity Episcopal Church on Preston Avenue. In addition to covering food preservation techniques, the program will examine the problem of wasted food, how much goes to waste, why waste happens, and why waste matters, and how to keep the valuable resources used to produce and distribute food from ending up in landfills. Space is limited. To reserve a place in the class, register at piedmontmastergardeners.org events. Registration closes at 5 p.m. tomorrow. We're back to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and with transportation out of the way, we turn to land use updates. 
This is not the newsletter and podcast that has the second part of the September 27th, 2022 meeting between the Planning Commission and the City Council on the zoning rewrite. You can read the first installment of that on Information Charlottesville in a link in the newsletter. Planning Commission Chair Lyle Soley Yates said he recently appeared before a committee of the Virginia Department of Housing and Community Development that is updating Virginia's building code. He wants them to allow a housing type that would significantly increase residential density. Uh, and I spoke in favor of allowing uh, six-story uh, single-stair homes, uh, which would uh, save, I think, $380,000 uh, per building uh, if the... If, if the uh, that the, the number may be wrong. A very large amount of money uh, per building uh, if the second uh, staircase is not required. Uh, so it could be a significant affordable housing benefit. Soli Yates said he believes that did not get adopted in this cycle, but there's another one in three years. Click through a link in the newsletter to learn more about how Virginia's building code is updated. The commission also got several updates on projects within the city. One of them is the 245 units planned for land along the Rivanna River within the floodplain. One of the meetings from the past I hope to document in more detail is the site plan conference for what's known at the moment as Zero East High Street. Missy Creasy, Deputy Director of the Neighborhood Development Services Department, wanted the planning commissioners to know what's going on. The applicant has submitted a by right site plan. Um, so this site plan um, uh, is, uh, in their opinion, adhering to the uh, regulations that are allowable in the code. Greasy said the site plan is being evaluated by staff and comments will be provided to the applicant by October 28th. There are a number of, of concerns that, that have been raised by the community, and then there are technical concerns that we know are um, coming to pass as well. Creasy said this site plan might come before the City Planning Commission for their review, though the plan must be approved if it meets all of the technical requirements. In the meantime, you can review the site plan conference yourself on the NDS website. Take a look at a link in the newsletter. At the risk of overloading this particular version of Charlottesville community engagement with information about plans, I continue anyway with the following. Charlottesville is seeking a firm to help relaunch the creation of a new strategic plan. A request for proposals for a consultant went out on Monday to update a plan that ran out in fiscal year 2020 but was extended. Here's a section from the request for proposals. The process will be closely coordinated with and guided by a strategic plan working group comprised of city staff members. The working group envisions a highly engaged consulting role that is deeply involved in gathering, processing, and summarizing the information generated by various consultation and participation processes. The consultant will be required to facilitate a strategic planning retreat and work on a plan with goals for calendar years 2023 through 2025. Where comprehensive plans provide a vision for a locality, strategic plans are more about how to implement a community toward the stated direction in the comprehensive plan. Proposals for a firm are due on November 9th. Anyone interested in learning more can view the current strategic plan on the city's website. Albemarle County is also updating its strategic plan, and a community survey closed this week. 
For comparison, take a look at my previous story from September 30th, or take a look at the county's strategic plan website. Finally today, Abamar County is also updating its comprehensive plan through a process they're calling AC44. We are still in the first phase of this update, which is taking a fresh look at the county's growth management policy. Supervisor Ann Malik encouraged people to get involved. This is also from the October 5th meeting of the Board of Supervisors. There are four terrific big ideas frameworks out that really deserve input from all of our citizens, both <laughs> rural area citizens and urban area citizens. The Board of Supervisors will have a work session next Wednesday on the draft Framework for Equity and Resilience. The Planning Commission had their work session on that draft in late September. Take a listen in the October 6th, 2022 edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. This will eventually be posted to Information Charlottesville under the topic Land Use Albemarle. But that's the end of this installment, number 443. And this installment of the program certainly is planning heavy, and I can certainly imagine that to many, this stuff is impenetrable. It certainly was to me in 2007 when I was hired to work for a blog that sought to try to explain it to people. To do that, I had to write a lot of stories, and 15 years later, I'm still glad to still be doing this work. I know it can seem incredibly dense, but there are always patterns that can be seen with enough information and knowing where to look. There are hundreds of you who know to look to Charlottesville Community Engagement for the latest on land use planning, even if it does sometimes take me a bit to get to the detailed summaries that so many of you want to see. There is a balance that goes into this work, and even though this is episode number 443, I am still always going to be seeking to improve and innovate. If you'd like to support my quest for an equilibrium of sorts, please consider a paid subscription through Substack. That is the best way to fund this work, because Ting will match your initial payment. I also want to remind people that I have several dozen complimentary paid subscriptions to anyone under the age of 25. Why bother doing any of this planning if younger generations aren't at the table? And if you sign up for Ting through a link in the newsletter, you'll get a free standard installation, your second month free, and a $75 downtown mall gift card. You can enter the promo code COMMUNITY to get those benefits when you sign up. Thank you to Ting. Music, you know, it's that stuff that goes in between. It's either from Vraki or the Fundamental Grang. I'm not going to read the copy. You can read the copy. I do the same thing every single time. I'm just going to ad lib and say thank you very much for listening. And, um, you know, thank you, podcast listeners, because it, this this thing wouldn't exist if not for the podcast. And I really do appreciate those of you who listen. Uh, please share it, because I do think this is the best way to experience all of this stuff. I'm Sean Tubbs, your ghost. The funny little joke there at the beginning. And now we end with a goodbye. Thank you very much. Goodbye.